Hello and welcome to the Rigori Podcast, the show that's as reliable as a yellow card for Gianluca Mancini. I'm Giancarlo Rinaldi and tonight I'm celebrating the roots of my Italian grandmother. She was a Pioli and Stefano Pioli did Milan proud and I'm sure joined by my cousin Marco, also one quarter Pioli. How are you doing Marco? I'm good, I'm good, thank you, yeah. I mean, we're recording after, we'll get to the, the thrilling denouement of the relegation battle in a minute, but I think it's only right that we should start in tribute to, to Milan. I mean, in, in the end, quite a stroll to the title for them in Sassuolo. It was quite, in, I thought it was in stark contrast to the English League showdown where both teams had the decency to go behind and then battle yeah. back and, and really be quite dramatic. Whereas, you know, it was it was pretty much a procession for Milan and, and Inter really in the, on the on the on the final day. But I mean hats off to the Rossoneri. Deserved a title even if it wasn't the most dramatic final day. Yeah, no, I think that's right. I mean it was yeah, the the drama what has been a very dramatic season. Um ended kind of with a whimper I suppose because it was just so easy for Milan uh, they got that early goal and then got another couple and that that was it that was that was the end of the the title race so um yeah I, I suppose it was a bit of a shame that it didn't have that heightened drama right to the very end but as you say I think overall probably deserving winners we've both voiced um doubts about the quality of Milan's squad but there's no doubt that they have a mentality that Pioli's instilled in a you know in a way of playing and I do think that a couple of players have really grown into the season and really taken on that burden of pushing them towards the Scudetto definitely I mean I, I, yes, I mean Rafael Leal being yeah. absolutely Sandro Tonali as well and there've been there've been others Theo Hernandez as well I think you know they have they have got players there that have you know grown in stature and definitely looking back I mean I think with the two turning points stick in my mind one was the derby where they looked down and out and amazingly Giroud, yeah. Giroud got them a couple of goals and it's still I still can hardly believe that game finished that way but it did and then obviously the Radu calamity for mm. Inter as well so we did have drama it just wasn't dramatic on the on the final day Milan got ahead and it, I thought it was a nice touch of Sassuolo to turn over their whole stadium to Milan and <laughs> turn it into sort of the San Siro of Emilia of Emilia Romagna I, don't, I mean it's a funny thing about I, I wonder with Sassuolo is it because they're a new team I'd struggle to think that if it had been in Florence or Genoa, or somewhere like that, they, they would have turned their stadium over quite so wholeheartedly to to visit yeah. fans. But maybe because they're a new team, I, I, I don't know. It, it felt odd, certainly, to, to go there. I mean, there was always going to be a big Milan contingent, but it, it literally did seem that it was far and away far and away the the majority but you know it's a, a curious a curious thing i struggle to imagine it happening certainly in england where you know they they would they would hand over the tickets but i suppose um, if you can sell them maybe you're maybe you're quite yeah right exactly to do that's to. it he got he got, he got a full stadium which is what he wanted i'm sure <laughs> yeah i'm sure that's so the team had nothing to play for really yeah, so. yeah the cash. and i mean how, how big do you think the regrets will be Enter over over that season, you know. I mean, the, to to me, my gut feeling is that 
they had a stronger squad and there were certainly moments when the, the title was theirs to win. Do you think there'll be a, a few regrets in the Niradzuzi? Yeah, I think there has to be. I mean, they, they got to the top of the table um, a, a few months ago and then immediately bottled it as soon as they got there um, and never really recovered properly from that. And I think they've got a better squad of players, but uh, yeah, they've they've not had that it's odd because I wonder if it comes down to I was going to say does it come down to the manager because Inzaghi's not been in that position before but neither's Pioli to be fair so yeah I can't really explain it but they will I imagine have quite a lot of regrets and now you don't know you know last season they had to sell Lukaku and Hakimi and do they have to do that again and they've not won the league this time so it might put them in a bit of difficulty and what about you know Milan is this can this be a springboard to getting them back to you know they've always been historically anyway Italy's best representative in European football I mean I think with the best will in the world if they go into the Champions League with this squad they'll be coming straight back out of it quite quickly, certainly at the group stages. I mean, not not disputing their mentality, but just the the level of the, the performers. I mean, you know, there's talk of the, the big the big buyout one one way or another. Mm. Um, you know, do you think they need to invest quite a bit still to get that team up to speed for, for a Champions League challenge? Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's what football is nowadays, is how much, you know, you, you really need to spend a lot of money to be able to compete with the, the big teams in Europe. And yeah, when you've got players like, you know, and they did the job in the league, so I feel bad, bad mouthing them. But, you know, people like Krunic, Salamakers, these aren't players that are going to cast fear into the hearts of any top Champions League team. So, um, yeah, I do. I, th- I think they've got, some good young players and if they can hold on to you know I'd be I suppose they are getting bought out probably so that will probably help keep the likes of Leao and stuff because I would be worried otherwise that he might just be be bought up by Man City or something like that yeah and there's definitely that's been the trend recent times mm-hmm. so you have to hope that the the money coming in can can keep a hold of these players although I do find it quite Remarkable the venturing off Italian football briefly, but the the sort of the gripes from La Liga about Paris Saint Germain spending. You know, we 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 reserve the right to spend more money than we really have. It shouldn't be down to you. So you know, maybe Milan need to take a leaf out the the PSG book and just keep spending money that they allegedly don't have and 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 can do that because that's what that is. Sadly, what it takes to compete in Europe is just the the biggest spenders, and it's quite it's quite humorous that you know one one league that's kind of refinanced itself to the hilt and found many a financial trick to um, to keep its accounts balanced. We'd uh, we'd complain about another one doing it, but uh, hey ho, there we go. Anyway, Milan will be jousting with these teams next season, and and although we are the we are the little club's champions, we still will still be hoping that they fly the flag well for, for Italy next year. Now, another, another Italian team that will be going into Europe, despite their best attempts not to make it, um, were Fiorentina on Saturday night. Um, another one that was, a, a I felt, I don't know if you watched the games, Marco Baffi, it was another bit of a damp squig. The, the, the Serie A, once again, 
we've discussed this before, does its best to make these things as unexciting as possible by <laughs> by letting Roma play on Friday night. So yep. we already knew that Roma were home and dry. Lazio we knew it already. So it turned into an effective showdown between Fiorentina and Atalanta. And really, I mean, as I said, I don't know if you watched the game at all, but, but it was as if, I mean, Juventus really went through the motions. It was the least... I mean that's normally a game of of sort of fear and lo- yeah. loathing in Florence, but it was very much a, a UV team that was going through the motions. And although Fiorentina huffed and puffed, I mean eventually it, it says it all that it was Alfred Duncan that that broke the that broke the deadlock, and Fiorentina did seize their their Conference League ticket. News emerging today, uh, apparently, because Fiorentina don't like to celebrate and have fun for their fans for too long. That um, one of their best players of the season, Lucas Torreira, might they might not be able to reach an agreement for yep, for next sort of season. Um, you know, I mean, that's a that's a blow to Fiorentina. It appears uh, the way it's being portrayed, anyway, is that it's, it's a question of sort of quibbling over wages and haggling over money. But surely Fiorentina should not break the bank, but you know, they, they finally got a team together that looks like it can, well, has made it to Europe, has got a bit of a future, and here they are sort of, you know, messing about over a a, a few a few hundred hundred thousand is a disappointing end to their European European campaign. Yeah, but I suppose you know there is the summer still to come, so yeah, it's it's the time of uh, rebuilding and getting excited about all your new signings. But yeah, it seems odd that they're going to let him go because he has had such an impact for you. And, you know, it's it, Atalanta, we've spoken about it before, it seems to be the end. You know, the, these things always go in cycles and it seems that that is the end of their cycle now. So it'll be interesting to see um, what happens with them next season. Will Gasparini be there? Are they going to rebuild entirely? It'll, it'll be, yeah, something to watch. Definitely. I mean, I think I think a bit with the Fiorentina story, there's also this ongoing kind of discontent that Rocco Comiso, the new owner, has with agents and how much mm-hmm. power they have and how much money they get. And I, I feel that, that this is kind of playing a bit of a part of the deal that they want to, you know, he wants to be the one controlling the deal, whereas he feels, although, you know, as I say, the reports are that they've already knocked a bit off his wage demands, etc. But uh, uh, you know, it, it seems a bit like penny pinching again. That you know, and, and wanting to be the the one in command, which I, I I don't necessarily disagree with his thoughts that agents have too much power. But it just it would be frustrating for Fiorentina fans to to finally get a a team together that you know after know, six and, years that uh, and, and and suddenly mess it all up again. I mean, yeah, I agree with what he's saying and the principal stance that might be taken there, but it doesn't help anyone because that's unfortunately the way it works and he's not single-handedly going to change that system and all he's going to do is end up getting rid of your best players. You know, the same sort of thing happened with Vlaovic and, um, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens, but I can't, when it's when it's one, I, I, th- I feel there needs to be a a sort of momentum around a group of teams or whatever to start pushing back against agents if they want that to happen. One club taking a stance isn't going to make any difference whatsoever, I don't think. No, you just end up watching 
whoever it was play really well for you yeah, <laughs> against you exactly. in the following yeah. season, don't you? Exactly. That's all that that's all that happens. So anyway, I mean that concluded the, the sort of the top end of the table stuff. Milan got their title and then Fiorentina, as I say, sneak into the conference league where the delights of Dundee United and Motherwell <laughs> await. Um but at the bottom end of the table we did get well, if not if not, you know, uh, excitement, then certainly a bit of a bit of a twist in the tear and some yeah. unexpected results in the the final the final games of the season. I mean, you you're heavily invested in that. What was your what was your what was your take on those final games down the bottom end of the table, Mark? Well, let me have a look at this. It didn't surprise me that Salernitana got whopped because I don't think they're very good, um, as I may have made clear in previous episodes. Um, but Calgary were so bad. We were, you know, I'm I'm saying this as a team that's already relegated and everything. Um, but we were playing almost a B team against them. We started bringing on our Primavera players, and they never really threatened that much. I think I can remember my empire making a decent save off a header, but apart from that, they didn't really do anything. So I, I just think the quality of those bottom teams just was not very good this year. We we touched on this last episode when you talked about the number of points it would have taken to save you. Um, so, yeah, it, it it did add a bit of drama, I suppose, that Salernitana were losing 4-0 to Dinesi. But, um, yeah, Cagliari just didn't have much in the tank to, to offer no, threat. No, it, it looked like a case of saying maybe we should have relegated four teams from the yeah, division. exactly. The football yeah. was, I was jumping back and forward between the between the two games and I mean a cracking atmosphere in Salerno but Udinese were, were major party poopers and I, you know, I, I always say hats off to these teams that don't lie down and even though yeah. it caused me great pain last week when Sampdoria thrashed Fiorentina but you know I, I think it's a sort of sign of maturity as a league if you do get teams that at least at least put up a fight and, and hats off to Venezia as well because I think the easiest thing to do would have been to I mean although as you say they, they played youth players or whatever but you know the easiest thing would have been to sign mm. off from the pencil with a you know, give away a soft penalty or a, or a defeat. You know, I mean, and there was at least some honour in in what they did. But but from what I saw, as I say, I was jumping back and forward between the two games. But Calgary were truly truly abysmal. I mean, I don't think your goalkeeper had much of a had much of no. a save to make really. Even in the you know, it was it was there was energy, there was there was effort went in, um, but not a lot else really, not a lot of imagination and. With Jao Pedro not being able to find the net, you know, I mean, sad to see a name like Cagliari go down the divisions, but I think they they thoroughly deserved it. And as you say, possibly more than just them, more than the three that went down yeah. deserved to deserved to go down. But um, I believe um, exciting plans in Venice for the for the future in Serie B. Well, there are plans. <laughs> I'm not sure I'd call them exciting. Uh, so the latest is that we're being linked with some guy. Of course, having having spent this season learning that you can't moneyball your moneyball algorithm your way to success, um, we're now apparently linked with uh, a manager called Savarese from the Portland Timbers, um, to, and I think I think that is. I mean, it might be good. I don't know, but 
it's, it seems to me to be a huge gamble that's unnecessary because I think in Serie B, there's so many games and there's so many teams of a, of a similar level that I just think you need someone that knows the league and understands it. Um, so you're already starting on the back foot if you're bringing someone in that just doesn't know it. So Could, could he be, yeah. though, the Ange Postecoglou of Serie B, Marco? That's yeah. the... I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, entirely ruling out, you know, that he could be some sort of revelation. But it just it, the the approach worries me because it suggests that they haven't learned anything from this season at all. And that's a bit we've spoken about that before as well. That you know the the messages they're sending to fans are yeah. are certainly causing are certainly causing some concern. And we know now two of the three teams that are going to be replacing. Then we get. Next season, we'll, yeah. we'll be able to talk about Lecce and Cremonese, and then I think it'll be one between Pisa and Monza that that joins them in the in the delights that the delights that are Serie A. So you know that's something something to look for. But I don't know. I mean, do any of those teams excite you, Marco, in in terms of what they can bring to Serie A? Well, I, I, I've not watched a lot of Serie B this season, but um, Lecce last season were a good team that had some good players I thought and they've obviously strengthened I think since then so I think they could cause some surprises and Monza you know they've got the money behind them so it's a surprise to me that it's taken them this this long to get into this position Um, will they do it maybe but yeah it'll be interesting to see how these teams do but I think what we saw this year is that there is a huge gulf in class between the two divisions and it's quite difficult for these teams to to you know, I think you have to be very savvy in terms of your transfers and stuff like that to, to be able to stay up. I know it ended up that two of them stayed up, but so learning to are rubbish if I hadn't made that clear. <laughs> Just spell that out one more yeah. time in a, in a parting shot at, at Salernitana. I'll be interested if um, I've always have a soft spot for the Tuscan teams, and and despite um, the old Tuscan proverb that it's it's better to have a, a <laughs> what is it better to have a dead man in your house than a pizza at your front door. Yeah. Um, despite that fact, I'd quite like to see pizza. Um, come up. I can still remember the sort of last time they were in. They had a very eccentric um, chairman, a guy called Romeo Anconitani, who used to sprinkle salt around the pitch as a good luck gesture before before fixtures. So you know it would be interesting. But you're right, that leap, especially for teams that have been away for a while, is is such a big is such a big step that you know it's mm-hmm. going to be hard for. Any of those teams to 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 make an impact, but good luck to good luck to all that to, that that make their way up. They too can enjoy a pleasant season in Serie A like you have as a Venezia fan, Marco. <laughs> I, I, we got we got asked um, on Twitter how we're going to do it next season, um, which I felt was you know I, I need to let this pain sink in before before we decide how we're. We're restructuring the show, but there will probably be a focus on Serie B next next season. Yeah, we'll, that, we'll stay more closely attuned to. I think that's I think that's got to be the case. We have to stay true to our true to our teams. That's it. That's it. Maybe we could do like 
ten minute between two chapters, maybe yeah, or something. Exactly, a, yeah. a Serie A and a Serie B. We'll we'll work out all the all the mechanics of that over our lengthy summer break. But before this before the summer break, though, before we go, there will be we're we're planning a few specials that hopefully listeners might like to tune in for it. You know, as I say, although we are the champions of the smaller team, um, we do root for the Italian sides in Europe. So do tune in. We'll do a, a little pod after Roma's adventures in the Conference League midweek. And then through the week, if you follow our Twitter feed, um, we're going to be looking for Serie A's top players of the season. But outside of the top six, I've conveniently arranged that so Fiorentina players can get into it. But um, we'll be looking for your thoughts. Um, we'll draw up a list of who we think um, and then look for votes for our top um, players in each position and manager as well. And then then we'll look at them and decide that your nominations are rubbish and decide yeah, which ones exactly. decide which ones we think. And then finally, um, as a little sort of international tribute having jinxed the Azuri with our um, Euro our World Cup qualifying podcast. We're going to jinx them again um after La Finalissima, the um, the, the match with Argentina um as a sort of a farewell to kind of well obviously a farewell to Giorgio Chiellini but also a kind of salute to that generation that won yeah. the, the Euro twenty twenty um that's likely to be I mean I think Mancini has said He's going to give those boys their their kind of lap of honour, if you will, um, again. Watching Mobile score a hat trick <laughs> to, to ensure to ensure that he that he plays on. So that's you know, if you were feeling sad that it was coming to an end, well, no, no such luck. <laughs> we, unlucky, unlucky. We plan another at least another three before we then uh, lie down in a darkened room and recover before the the next Serie A season. But as always, thanks for listening, and please, please share as widely as you can. And uh, we'll we'll be back again on Wednesday night. Speak to you then. Bye.